Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right. Good night, everybody. How y'all doing? Hope you're having a good evening. Hope you're getting through your day. How's the week going? We're kind of like in a little bit of a midweek check-in, right? Still time to reorient things just because we might have had a bad day. We don't need to turn that into a bad week. Or if the week's been bad so far, we don't need to turn it into a bad month or even shrinking it down. If you had a bad morning, it doesn't need to be an entirely bad day, right? We're, we're, we're kind of letting go a little bit. I know we're holding on to emotions a lot. It's like, it's okay to release it. Oftentimes that's the solution. Let go. Acceptance. Acceptance doesn't mean we're on board with what's going on or with what happened, right? We're not co-signing it. Acceptance means, yeah, well, you know, I was ready to wear my little outfit in this nice weather, but it decided to rain. I'm not happy about it, but I have to accept it. Why? Because I have no other option. And so I'm going to go in and get a hoodie or a jacket and go about my day. That's acceptance. Not liking it, but settling into it finding a solution, and on we go. It's the magical, okay, we're okaying things. Hey, I got a parking ticket. Okay, because it is what it is. You know what I mean? Oh, I got dumped. Okay, you can feel your feelings, but it's about we're saying, all right, not what I wanted, but that is what happened. Let me feel what I need to feel. Let me see what resources I have, but we're kind of pushing forward. But I um, wanted to talk quickly about anger because anger is something that's coming up for a lot of people. And it might be a little bit of a... Um, ambiguous anger, right? Not necessarily tied to anything. Maybe it is, but there's a lot of people that are just saying, Hey, I'm just not necessarily, I'm not necessarily feeling happy or grounded. Right? Um, so if you're angry, let's talk about it. What are some things we can do? Well, anger sometimes is a communication, right? It's letting us know often sometimes that we haven't necessarily set it a needed boundary. That's sometimes what anger communicates that a boundary was needed and you didn't set one. So the question is, if you're angry, we have to investigate it. We have to interrogate it a little bit. What might that be caused by? Did I let someone talk to me in a way I didn't feel like I should? Did I not set a boundary? Did I not speak up? So maybe the anger is actually resentment, resentment at yourself or another person. Can I circle back? I love the great circle back. You can always circle back. Hey, I needed to you know revisit what was said the other day or last week. My mind has changed or I've sat with it longer or I, 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 or I failed to really you know share with you some things and I wanted to take a moment now. We can always do that, right? So remember, anger is sometimes a communication that we need to set a boundary or we need to speak up or we should have said no, and we can always go back and revisit that. So let's let's kind of unpack that. Am I outside of my routine? Sometimes the anger is at the disruption of all that's happening around us. You want that you're ready to have, you know, all the world wide open and available in the ways it was before, and it's not. Okay. Is it that you're feeling vulnerable or you have some fear about something? 
Is it that you're stressed? Is it being, you know, that you're hard on yourself? Is it that you're not taking care of your basic needs? And that's, and again, anger is a pure emotion. It can sometimes be driven by something that is worthy of us feeling upset about, or it's maybe something, maybe it's secondary. And I see a lot of clients struggle with that, where they're leaning more into the secondary emotion and not the primary emotion. You know what I mean? Like what's going on underneath that? What's, what's the deeper feeling? What's the deeper cause, right? And that's the work of any emotion, interrogating it. That's what healthy people do. They say, is this worth me leaning into? Is this worth me feeling more of? Or is this something that is no longer reasonable? Is it something that's not right-sized? If something happens in my life that's about a, a level four, my, my response should be a level four. Do I need to tone it down? If it's an eight, maybe it requires an eight. But a lot of times it's the inverse. People are experiencing a three, a four, or five, and they're responding with a six, a seven, or an eight. So we always want to make sure we're right-sizing things, that the response is appropriate to what it is that actually occurred, right? We want to think about that. The other thing we want to notice is I've been seeing in a lot of my clients that people are always expecting a battle, that I think there's something in the American culture where we're always expecting opposition or resistance, right? Maybe your coffee wasn't made the right way. And instead of assuming that maybe you'll get your needs met, we charge up there, raise our voice, run kind and make demands when we would have gotten what we wanted and we didn't need to expect a battle. It can happen with even employers or friends or family members. You immediately assume that it's going to be a battle. You immediately assume that you're not going to get your needs met. You immediately assume that you're going to be let down. But wouldn't it feel better and, and often it will get us what we want if we enter assuming that people are on our side because it turns out most of the time they are, right? But even if they aren't, let's deal with a battle if and when an actual battle is created, right? So it's like we don't wanna have to feel something that isn't necessarily what's gonna be the reality. And so it's about kind of softening that. I'm hearing myself saying that a lot this week really reorienting to a different perspective and a different entry point, not always assuming the worst or that we're gonna be let down. And of course, some of our histories have shown us that, that historically maybe systems do let us down, right? And maybe individuals don't care enough about us to help us get our needs met. But we wanna just check in on that because I, I, I'm seeing a lot of people that are always assuming their needs aren't gonna get met. And for, for some people, it's from a real place. And for other people, it's just this American attitude that we have to kind of stand up for ourselves, right? And I just don't think that it always works. It's a little bit misapplied. Um, nonetheless, we're gonna be talking about the impact of quarantine on marriage and uh, then doing some DMs. So stick around and join us. If you got a DM for us, drop in our Loveline IG page. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and on Odyssey. All right, we're back and we're talking about tips to uh, protect our relationships during pandemic, especially quarantine. I know we're still in it, so we still got to talk about these things within that context. Uh, you know, I don't want everyone's mental health or relational health to completely drop and bottom out. I know that we're, the light is at the end of the tunnel. We can see it. We can see it. Our hearts go out there to other countries that are struggling. I'm glad that uh, people are stepping in to try to help here in America, especially here in California. California, we're crushing it. We're doing really great. People are getting their vaccinations. The numbers have dropped. Uh, restrictions are lessening, lessening more and more each time. It's kind of phenomenal. Um, we even heard the CDC last week saying, you know, the whole mask thing. So um, those that are still in the thick of it, 
right? Uh, just because things are shifting and changing doesn't mean everyone's feeling really confident kind of stepping out into the world. Uh, and again, these are always applicable to every relationship we're in and, uh, you know, applicable to your relational, you know, romantic relationships, even outside of times like this, uh, divorce rates in China, they still have risen sharply. So it's really interesting. And everyone's wondering, like, is that what's going to happen with America? Now, people thought initially during, you know, pandemic, they were like, oh, is there going to be a baby boom? People are going to be at home. They're going to be bored. They're going to have a lot of, you know, maybe sexuality. Nope. Because the pandemic at first we thought was going to be quick, you know, in and out. We got this. We got this handled. We didn't know it was going to drag on. And so what happened was the inverse. People were anxious that did not leave you know, that does not create a, a spark for most of us. And people were starting to get bored and frustrated. Fights were happening. So then it was the, like I said, the inverse. It was not only is there not going to be a baby boom, is there going to be a divorce boom? And we were, a lot of the studies were tracking China. They were ahead of the game, ahead of the curve. So we saw some of the numbers spike in the States. I was telling everyone, breathe. It, hopefully things are you know, pandemic related and that once things are shifting and changing, that will alleviate some of the uh, triggers. Uh, so, you know, we've seen some shifts in that. So what are the things we want to really, 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 really focus on? Because again, the more time together, the more time we have, you know, for things to get complicated and issues to arise. So we want to enter all this realizing that it's not necessarily our partner or the relationship. It might be the situation, right? That it's really difficult for anyone to feel good or to thrive in some of the things that are happening. Right. So sometimes we have to uh, not blame ourselves or blame our partners. And that's important. That's important just for general mental health to look at the systems and the context and not always make it just about us. Right. So we have to accept that this is something that might be going on for a little bit longer. But bigger than that, the reason why we might be getting on each other's nerves and issues might be arising is actually something that's very understandable. And so we need to just kind of hang in there and ride it out. Then we always want to move into the second phase, which is take responsibility for the elements that you are responsible for. We don't want to over rely upon what I just said and saying, nah, we can ignore it or I'm going to let it go or this isn't really a big problem. Maybe in fact it is. Maybe the pandemic has really allowed true issues to kind of come to the surface and take the forefront. And I've brought this up before in different ways, but anytime we're stepping into a conversation, regardless of what we're talking about, truly, we want to have a soft startup. We don't want to enter already creating discomfort, agitation, panic, anxiety, the way we frame something, the, the, the introduction matters, right? Don't enter making something an issue or a problem that might not have to be. And that's why when we use those I statements and we just very gently bring something up, we're at least coming in neutral so as to let the, our, the person on the receiving end have their own experience of what we're talking about. We're not automatically determining, promising, or forcing it into something that's negative, you know what I mean, right? So we're letting the person have their own response. And I think that that's very, 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 very valuable because again, sometimes we create the same thing that we're trying to avoid, right? Um, and it also, I think like, why we're talking about soft startups and I statements, I think like if we look at the whole, the, the golden trifecta, like the three points I always wanna think about, I always say soft startups, you know, I statements, and also, Make requests, don't criticize. Hey, could you? Hey, moving forward, would you? Dot, dot, dot. Versus name calling, blaming, attacking, and globalizing. You never, you always, or, or you know what I mean? And so that, that's the golden trifecta. Requests, not complaints or criticisms, right? I statements and soft startups. And that's the best we got because fighting's gonna happen, that's normal. 
I actually worry about couples that never fight because I'm thinking, who's selling themselves out? Who's being a people pleaser? Who's being overly codependent? Who's unwilling to really step into intimacy? Because intimacy, again, is sharing what makes us anxious, right? Within the context of everything I said, it's done compassionately, it's done with a soft startup, but it's kind of basically saying like, it, this is hard to say and it might be hard to hear, but in service of love, care, intimacy, I need to let you know, blah, 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 right? And so fighting's gonna happen, discomfort's gonna happen. That's a sign that we're really showing up and being ourselves. So don't, don't lean out and avoid that. Because I think some people do, and they over idealize this idea that we never fight. But then I wonder like, does conflict, like conflict's also a sign, and we talked about this once before powerfully, conflict's a sign that we're actually finally in the relationship. And that's when we really show what we're made of as a couple and how much sustainability we have and, and, and mental health, right? Like when things are good, that's easy. Great, enjoy that. I'm not learning a lot about the couple based on how they manage things when things feel good. I learn everything when they don't feel good. I learn everything when conflict arises. That's where we show like what it's really gonna be about, what's gonna feel like. And so I wait for those moments. And couples need to see that as a really important milestone to achieve, right? And the sooner that that happens, the better, because we learn. But we have to be willing to really learn. What did you find out based on your conflict resolution? They have work to do, that you guys are severely incompatible, right? Because that's that big moment where we're showing ourselves to our partner. And so take that seriously. And I think, you know, right now, a lot of people are feeling that more than they want. Um, those of y'all that are single, you know, for whatever the reasoning is, because that's your lifestyle choice, because that's the situational, whatever it is. Um, this is the kinds of things you gotta log. We're gonna take a little break and when we come back, we're gonna keep talking about this. Um, and then we're gonna be sliding into some DMs. So if you got a DM for us, drop in our Loveline IG page and uh, past episodes of Loveline over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for my face, click on it. You can post, binge, share. And uh, while you're there, you can check out some of those other shows. Not so bad. All right, stick around. We'll be back. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on the new Channel Q and on Odyssey. All right, we're back. Talking about how to get through everything relationally with things intact. We are being our better selves, right? Always being self-reflective, always learning about ourselves. Relationships, romantic ones and parenting are two of the most powerful ones we can ever step into that really hold a mirror up and show us who we are and what our work is, right? How we show up to our children and our partners. Those should both be framed as transformative experiences where we get to grow and learn. Right. But often we do the opposite. We try to get, we try to control the other so as to not have to confront ourselves. We try to control the other or shame them or get them to stop what they're doing so we don't have to be better or, or struggle with ourselves or be in our own challenge. Right. What would it mean if I wasn't always trying to control my partner's behavior so as to keep myself comfortable and, and learning how to uh, not be jealous and learning how to not? act from my anxiety all the time and learning how to be more regulated, right? We have to do that work. Same thing with child. Uh, anyway, so we're talking about the golden trifecta, I statements, right? Requests, not criticisms, right? And uh, good old soft startups. Uh, also validation. The funniest thing is listening to people in the middle of a conversation because a lot of times we step into a romantic relationship, magically somehow we decide to make it oppositional and we assume that everything's a battle, that we're not on the same team, right? Maybe sometimes you aren't, but that's the goal. We're on the same team. So when your partner approaches you and is sharing something, you should be sitting in a place of curiosity. Before I get defensive and prepare my rebuttal, whatever it is, before I worry about right and wrong, just sit there and try to hear them. 
Try to understand what they're trying to communicate to you. That should be the goal. I want this person to feel understood. And then I'll have all the time in the world to say, hey, so I wanted to circle back to this one point you made because I don't relate to that or I don't think that's accurate. You know, or that was really hard to hear. Let me express to you my feelings as a result of that. But the first entry point should just be sit there and be quiet. Keep your mouth shut. Just listen. Be curious, right? They're trying to share themselves with you. And I think that that leads to a lot of issues. And like I said, right now we are still at home, right? Not a lot of outlets or buffers or time away from our partners. And these things are amplified. The little things that we only have to counter every now and then, we're encountering maybe nonstop. So I appreciate the difficulty, but uh, we don't want this time to be something that ruins our relationships if we don't have to allow them to. So validate, listen to someone, let them feel heard before again you step in to correct, challenge, defend, (laughs) poke holes in it. The initial point should just be listening. And then also the whole thing is like, look, sometimes we just need space that not everyone has the money to move out to get a second place. Some of us, it's, you know, just putting on headphones and that's the only way we're gonna really get space away from. We're physically still in the same room, but we have our headphones on. Or maybe we're going into the bath, we're reading in the closet, we're going for walks, we're sitting in the car, we're going for drives. Build in these touchstones of time and space. We need that, we need that more than I think we realize. Also romance, keeping it alive, right? On last night's show, we were talking about date ideas. Go back and listen to last night's show. It was earlier in the show. We're talking about date ideas, things that we can also apply to friends and family members. But we're talking about ways to really cheaply and easily keep the romance alive. We still can be going on dates during this current time, 100%. They're going to be different, but that doesn't mean it's bad, broken, or wrong, or it can't happen, but you gotta keep it alive, right? Go for walks, hold hands, take time when you turn the phone off, tell jokes, play board games, play cards. There's something huge about shared activities. Cook together, look for recipes together, go grocery shopping together, go for a walk, or the opposite. If we don't need more time together in date nights, the romance is intact, we need time away, go grocery shopping alone, go cook dinner alone, play a board game alone, play some cards alone, Go FaceTime a friend in another room. Go for a walk. It can apply together or it can be separate. If you want more together time, put together an event where you're all you know, on the FaceTime together. And also just know that there's a stopping point with all this. I think that's like the most powerful landing point is that this isn't forever. And when, you know, when they say we're going to get back to normal, well, we're not going to get back to normal. We're not going backwards. We're going to be arriving in a new place. So this isn't going to be how we'll always be. And we will be evolving into something new. Is it better for some? Yes. Is it worse for some? Yes, but it's going to be different. And what was is going to shift. And that's why, again, I keep telling people, still try to find the benefits that this current time will afford us that we will hopefully never have to ever sit through again, right? Use it for time to be with self, to be self-reflective, to make some changes, to maybe just rest a lot, to recenter and prioritize pleasure. Again, that's what I've been doing. And I know that some people are thinking, well, congrats on your privilege that that's what you can be centering. Well, in, in a lot of ways, yes. And in other ways, no, I had to force it in what I'm wearing, what I'm doing, how I'm relating to my jobs, how I'm relating to my clients, right? I'm shifting my experience because I'm realizing I was overworking. I was saying yes to too much and now I'm centering everything in boundaries and what feels good to me and what serves me. And I I want you all to try to find ways to do that as well. Um, Coming up next though, we're gonna be doing some DMs and uh, then we're gonna be talking about ways to uh, kind of go easy on ourselves. 
people are being so hard on themselves, really playing that comparison game of what everyone else has been doing or continues to do, where they are in their lives. Man, that really erodes at our mental health. So when we come back, we're going to do some DMs and then we'll be dropping into some discussions about that. So stick around. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and on Odyssey. All right, we're back. Now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. Our DMs come from our Loveline IG page. So if you got a question for us, drop it in the DMs on our Loveline IG page and follow us back. Whatever your question is, always confidential, always anonymous, unless you drop your name in there and you want us to use it. But whatever you're wondering about, someone else might be struggling or wondering about that as well. So you're kind of helping everyone out. Um, yeah, so let's do it. Tonight's question says, hey, Dr. Chris, how? Well, actually just says Dr. Chris. There's no hey. I, I tend to add these salutations and, and welcomings um, if I... <laughs> It just says, Dr. Chris, how can you really tell if therapy's working? Oh, I like this. From both a patient's perspective and from a therapist's perspective. I sometimes feel like I'm going and not really getting much out of it. But other times I walk out and I feel like I am a changed person. Yeah, I like that. Well, let me first by saying this. Um, it depends what your therapy goals are. There's so many reasons why people enter therapy. Um, some people have a targeted issue they want to work on. Others, they just want to do some generalized self-exploration. Others want to just work on maybe being a better person. Others want support and to just have someone kind of guide them and be a companion on their journey. Others need an intimate social outlet. They don't have people that they feel safe with expressing themselves. Others want to have things that they feel marginalized or exploited around, normalized and given love, care and compassion. It really, really depends on what your goals are. And therapy isn't always going to be a zinger. Like, remember, it's a process and it's co-created. So it's based on you and the therapist, what you're bringing in, where they are. And they're a human. Therapy is an art. I'm sorry. It's not a science. I don't use the word science in relationship to psycho psychology. It's, it's philosophy. It's philosophical work. It's art. Um, it's not a hard science and it doesn't need to be. It's not meant to be. And it's co-created. And sometimes therapy isn't going to be uh, the most transformative zinger every time you go in there. That's just part of life. It, you know, every time you go to a restaurant, it's not the most profound dietary culinary moment. Every time you go to the gym, you don't walk out of there feeling like a changed human being. Every book or movie you read isn't the most you know dynamic journey that you're taking on. Like that's just life. It's a process, and that's why therapy is about going every week for a long period of time. We know from the studies that. To, to really create any meaningful change, you need to be in therapy for at least six months every single week. Because remember, you're trying to change or undo or make sense out of something you've been doing, thinking or feeling or building and or reinforcing for your entire life. You can't be, you know, unpacking and changing things that came up in your childhood in a few, in a few hours. It doesn't work like that. Again, that's like, let me use the gym example. You can't say, I want to go to the gym a few times and think I'm going to totally reorient my lifestyle, rechange, you know, my, my, uh, heart health and my bone density and, and, and whatever your gym goals are in a few sessions, nothing works like that. You're not going to spend a few hours reading a book on a topic and then somehow think you become an expert and a scholar. It's a process. It's a journey. It takes time. And sometimes it takes months to build a true attached relationship with the therapist to then begin the work. Sometimes I'm spending months and the months that we're working together are still the intake and assessment as I'm getting to know this individual. So you got to hang in there. But if you think every time you leave, you're going to feel like it was a profound moment, you're not understanding the process or therapy. So how do you know if it's working? You have your goals. 
and you're tracking whether or not those are being addressed and changes happening over the course of time. But again, you need to give it at least six months before you really start to look at that, truly. So what you should really be thinking about is how do I feel during that process? Do I feel understood and heard in therapy? Do I feel like I'm connecting and relating well with my therapist? That's really what it's about. How's the relationship? And if the relationship feels good and healthy and dynamic, then you can trust that that work will occur. But you need at least six months before you start really assessing the value of the therapy you're doing. And again, it depends on the issue. Some issues will take years because it's been decades that they've been built in, reinforced, and strengthened, you know? So you got to hang in there. People go to school for years to just really wrap their head around the topic. You're trying to learn about yourself. It takes time. So give it time. Um, all right, y'all. That is that. Uh, coming up next, we're going to talk about how to go easier on ourselves, how to build in more compassion, some more self-care. What are the tips? What are the tricks? What are the perspectives? We'll be talking about that. And of course, closing out the show with some more DMs. So uh, stick around and join us. If you've got a DM for us, though, drop in our Love Energy page and uh, past episodes of Loveline. You can check them out by going to wearechannelq.com. So stick around. We'll be back listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on the new Channel Q and on Odyssey. All right, we're back and we're talking about, God, it's a, it's kind of a, a hodgepodge, but basically a lot of people are playing the comparison game, right? Sucks the joy and pleasure right out of whatever it is we're doing when you're making its worth and value or success rooted in what everyone else is up to. And I saw that at the beginning of the pandemic where clients were like, oh my gosh, you know, it's been a couple of weeks and people have put together all sorts of programs and they're learning languages and they're just really stepping into action. And some of my clients were saying like, oh, we're feeling more flat or protective or anxious. And it's like, well, be where you are. And there's still a lot of this should. And there's no shoulds. We should really just honor what it is we're needing right now. You know what I mean? So I want to spend this segment kind of giving you permission to just be wherever you are. You need what you need. And that's that's the core of mental health. It doesn't matter what everyone else in your age bracket's doing. It doesn't matter what everyone else in your family needs. We have this thing called psychology, and that means everyone is different. Everyone needs different accommodations. And I want us to start feeling confident asking for them. Hey, congrats that everyone uh, blah 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 but I'm here and what I need is this right um, and that comes up for me when I'm when I'm lecturing uh, when I'm traveling that's awesome that everyone can da 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 but based on my mental health needs I'm gonna need this and you ask for the accommodations you need you know um, based on your anxiety based on your depression based on your you know neurodiversity whatever it is my point being is we have to get away from shoulds. We have to get away from comparison because we're all in different places. We all have different needs. We all have different abilities. And how we are utilizing our time is going to be different, right? I even, you know, it comes up with a lot in the educational system. I wish everyone didn't have the same standard applied to them because you can't. You literally can't. Everyone's coming from a different space. Some people are coming to school every day from an abusive home. Others are coming to school every day from a domestic violence situation that they're witnessing. Other people are coming in from you know a single parent who's stressed. Other people are coming in from an alcoholic parent. Like You can't expect the same from everyone, but yet we want everyone to get up and give the same public speech. We want da-da, and it's like, no. Some people should never be made to get up and give a lecture or speech in high school or grade school because that is beyond what their anxiety disorder can tolerate. 
right? Because it doesn't promise mastery. It might reinforce trauma because it doesn't go well and it reinforces blah, 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 right? And we need to be willing to apply that to ourselves right now. Based on what's going on in your life right now, what is it that you need? I've had to set boundaries around my availability to everyone and everyone. I've had to turn down tons of requests to be on podcasts. I had to turn down some other work opportunities. I've turned down a lot of social things because I'm not feeling ready to be fully present to certain things right now, even though others are able and they're thriving. I'm not. I am thriving, but in certain domains of my life and in others, not so much. And I'm allowing that. You know, and I want, and I say that to inspire you. So we're moving away from the shoulds and we're giving ourselves a break. I was saying that powerfully early on where I was saying 75% max, we're not trying to give hundred percent. We're 60%, 70% is the best we got right now. And that's all we're given. We're dropping the bar down on ourselves and those around us, right? So let's go through a little bit of a reminder for some and new information for others. What are some of the things we need to do that kind of helps us be where we are, get away from comparison, get away from shoulds, get away from these wild expectations. And I'd also love for us to kind of carry that forward, just always moving forward, giving ourselves a break, giving around us a break. Like it's not that deep. Remember, we're right-sizing everything. If it's a level three, it gets a level three response, maybe even a two. If it's a five, we'll give it a five or a four, maybe even a three. We're letting stuff go. We're going into acceptance. Doesn't mean we allow it. Doesn't mean we like it. Go into acceptance. So the first thing is take a break from everything that's flooding you, whether it's the news, television, social media. Take a break. We're not overwhelming ourselves. We don't need to keep up with everyone and everything. We don't even need to participate. I know a multitude of people that have deleted their social media. They're like, I'm out. I, I, I just don't need this in any way. I've thought about it. Um, everyone's got an opinion about everything. Everyone is just so, I just don't like the energy. You know, it's not even for me specifically the topics as much as it's just the way everyone's coming at everything. You know, I just know for me, I'm sharing information, trying to educate and everyone's got a problem with everything. And a lot of it's unreasonable, not meaningful. It's exhausting. You know what I mean? And so I've just been putting my phone down after I'm off work, put my phone down, put it in a drawer. I'm out. You know what I mean? Taking time to myself. So put a pause on break, put a pause on social media, but really ask yourself like, how are certain things in my life making me feel? You know what I mean? Like this is bigger than just the news triggers me. This is now, every time I pick up my phone, do I feel good or do I feel bad? Do I want to give myself, do I want to open my psyche up and pour in whatever it is that people are, you know, shooting at me, right? Because that's what it's really about, right? Like our, our brain, our psyche is a sponge and it's fed whatever we're kind of bringing into our awareness and our consciousness, you know, and stop feeding it junk food. And that's what social media is. It's nothing but junk food, truly. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all the things that people are posting are junk food. Trying to sell you things you don't need, trying to make you feel bad about you are, how you are, telling you you need to look differently or lose weight or whatever. Nah, we're just being where we're at, right? So maybe delete that stuff, take a break. I think that's really big. And that's gonna be, it's been helpful for me. Um, also, we're being kind to ourselves, right? We're, we're starting there. We're, we're, like I said, we're giving ourselves a break, right? But we're also really tracking the frameworks and the labeling that we force upon ourselves, calling ourselves lazy. We're not using the word lazy anymore for anyone. What we're calling lazy means something that I need to set a boundary on, a request I need to make about what someone's expecting of me. Um, we have high to, we have too high of expectations on ourselves or someone else is putting that on us, or we don't honestly want to do it. And we're being more honest. You know, all right, we got to take a quick break. But when we come back, we're going to talk about how to really get away from the shoulds and the labeling and the harshness that we've been really applying to ourselves. You're listening to Love Line, with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and on Odyssey.
All right, we're back and uh, we're just really trying to focus, I guess, on some self-love or self-forgiveness or self-acceptance or self-neutrality where we're being thoughtful about what we're holding ourselves accountable to, what we're letting other people hold us accountable to, the labels we're applying to ourselves based on all those things. You know, we use words like lazy and all that. Often it's because you're being asked to do something you don't want to do or isn't right for you or the expectation's too high. You know, we have to get better about that. I'm doing that. I'm being reasonable about what's doable for me in the course of a day, what I'm available for, what can be expected of me, what my priorities are, you know, and we should really be prioritizing that which feels good to us, that which is good for our mental health, that which is about our social relationships, uh, that which gives us pleasure. Like That's what I really, you know, that which makes us feel rested. You know, we're really bringing that mental health perspective forward. And those are all the pieces of that constellation. But really listen to the way you talk about yourselves and really try to pull out some of those key terms that are very pathologizing or really negative. Negative self-talk is going to be really difficult um, if we don't challenge our negative self-talk, I should say. It's going to be very difficult for the other things out in the world to impact us the way they want, the way we want them to, right? Um, we don't want to be our biggest obstacle. The world's hard enough, right? What we're out, what we're encountering, maybe how others treat us or make us feel. And yes, people do and can make you feel a certain way. It's called mirror neurons. It's called empathy. It's called, you know, interpersonal neurobiology. It's called being a human, right? Like we are impacted by what people say. People do make us feel a certain way. We should feel bad if someone says something horrible about us. I don't want us to be cold and cut off, right? We do have to assess the value of that and say, I don't really think that that's true. I'm not going to internalize that. We have to do that with ourselves as well, though right? We're, we're, we tend to be way better at protecting ourselves from others than we are at protecting ourselves from ourselves, right? So we have to do that. Um, I was reading this article and I actually loved one of the key points that the article was making in service of what we're talking about, about acceptance and letting go and just not taking things as seriously. And it said, let yourself be a little gross, I thought that that was phenomenal because saying, I'm going to let myself be a little gross is really you pushing back on desirability politics that say you have to look and act and be a certain way to be seen as attractive or desirable. It pushes back on the idea that we should even care about how attractive we are to others and that that doesn't need to be our center point. It pushes back on respectability politics, which say, again, that we have to act, look, or dress a certain way to be seen as a competent parent or professional. And it's like, none of that's real. All of that is culturally um, demanded and culturally approved inauthenticity and performativity, right? Think about how much of our lives are about us performing, performing friendliness, performing like we care, right? Our culture doesn't really value truth or authenticity, even though we will say that all the time. You know, be yourself. Oh, we're all a family here. No, we're not. As evidenced by the fact that you want me to actually not be honest with you about anything, right? And that happens with within the family. You're playing the role of father. You're playing the role of like the good child. That happens in your social circle where we all have different roles. I'm the funny friend. I'm the good friend. I'm the bad friend. None of that's true. We're all things. We all have different elements. And the healthier people live in their totality. The healthier people know that they can embody all these different parts of themselves. Healthier people realize that every positive trait I have also has a dark side to it. And I just try to not live from the darker parts that harm myself or others. I try to step into the uh, better, more strength-based, compassionate sides of that, right? Think about that. Whatever trait you most value in yourself and others value in you also has a dark side to that, a darker element. And that's the struggle. That which we love in someone is often that which we hate, and that which we hate is often the part of them we love, right? 
um, we might love that they're so easygoing. I love it. I love that you're never bothered. You're always in such a good mood. I love that. What's the dark side of that? I hate that you don't have strong opinions on everything. I hate that sometimes you don't really occupy a lot of space or speak up about things. I wish you would tell me more of what you're thinking. It's like, but that's the same trait, right? And healthy people understand that. And they try to limit the expression of maybe the darker sides and live and lean more into the positive sides, right? But we're not playing these roles anymore. So this whole concept of being a little gross is like, just keep it real. Wouldn't it be great if we moved into a culture where we could just be honest? Like, yeah, I spilled that. I'm not going to have to hide or feel bad about the fact that I spilled something on me. Or, yeah, you know, I'm having a bad day. I'm not going to put a smile on my face and pretend like everything's great. It's not. And that's okay, too. You know what I mean? Like, I can just be in the mood I'm in. But there's so much fakeness and falseness, right? We're moving away from that. So I love that idea. You, just let yourself be a little gross. Uh, oh, you didn't shower today? That's okay. Oh, you forgot to put in a deodorant? Yeah, that's okay too. Eating something that makes no sense to others? That's all right. Maybe laying in bed a little bit longer? That's cool too. Oh, you didn't shave? That's okay. You know what I mean? Like you're having one of those days. Not everything has to be perfect and presentable at all times. You know, we're kind of giving ourselves a break. Um, going to take a little pause and when we come back we're going to keep talking about all the different ways and perspectives that are going to kind of liberate us center our mental health but even bigger than that we're just going easy on ourselves especially right now but i'd love for us to find ways to kind of take some of this forward so going to take a little break when we come back we're going to be doing that dms they're open if you got a thought question drop it in there always anonymous always confidential we're here for you and uh past episodes over at wearechannelq.com you're listening to loveline with dr chris on the new channel Q and Odyssey. All right, we're back and we're talking about ways to uh, go easy on ourselves. Gives us, give ourselves a little bit of a break. You know, life is tough enough, especially right now. <laughs> and uh, we're learning how to just kind of stop performing wellness and letting ourselves be where we are. If we're struggling, we're struggling. If we're having a hard day, hey, we're having a hard day. I don't need to force a smile and pretend everything's great. It's not, right? We're not performing. As, as I was saying earlier, a stolen quote, we're letting ourselves be a little gross. Hey, I didn't get a chance to shower today and that's okay. That's what's up. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, my hair's a little more grown in than I'm comfortable with because I haven't been getting a cut or dying it. Yeah, that's cool. We're just, we're keeping it real. You know, I, I was at the gym. God bless. That's an, that place is an intersection of so many different things at once. Uh, you know, I'm at the gym and I'm trying to dodge diet culture and toxic gym culture and and everyone's so done. So everyone's so done up. It's like they they all look so showered and like their outfit is curated and fits well. And it's like, oh my God, not only I'm like, we're at the gym, like calm down. But bigger than I'm like, and with all that's going on in the world right now, that's what you care about, how you look. But then I realized like, yeah, for some people, that is part of their self-care. They're like, I, I, I feel like I need to put a little care and attention into myself. And for some people, that meant putting on something that felt good, combing their hair, whatever it is. But then I want to hold space for some of us, it's the opposite. And I'm in the opposite. I'm wearing sweatpants everywhere. Y'all, I'm not even kidding. I just shot something for CBS, wearing sweatpants. Now you couldn't see them, but even if you could, I would have been like, look, this, this is where I'm at. You know what I mean? I'm letting my hair do what it wants to do. I'm wearing a baseball cap as much as possible because I don't feel like doing my hair. That's just not important to me right now. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm eating what I want to eat. And that's kind of our next topic. 
Eat whatever the hell you want to eat. Give yourself a break. We are not worrying about putting on weight. It's okay to put weight on. It's okay to center pleasure and to say, I'm not going to get hung up on and get trapped in diet culture. I'm not going on keto. I'm not worrying about losing corona weight. All bodies are beach bodies. I have a right to take whatever body I have and how it looks to the beach and wear the skimpiest thing I can find and run around and live in my best. And that's why I live, love Lizzo right now. She's such an inspiration for so many people because she's like, y'all, it doesn't matter. Your body's a vehicle. Our worth and, and values as a human should not be tied to whether or not we're participating in the toxic messaging of gym culture and diet culture that tell us we have to be thin at all costs and that we can't love ourselves or feel sexy otherwise, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it tie, that ties into white supremacy. It ties into ageism. It ties into heterocentricity and sexism. It's all in there. You know, we're always performing performing the good, the complete best good straight person, or I have to be the best, you know, woman and I have to, you know, be a good parent. And that's evidenced by always being pulled together and in the right weight bracket and all that's exhausting. And that's what I wanted to come from. The pandemic was just more truth and honesty. And we're not performing things anymore. We're letting ourselves be a little gross. We're eating the foods that make us feel good. The foods we eat or don't eat are a mental health issue, right? And we have to fold that in, but we've spent enough time on the show talking about that. Also, I love as part of this, we're giving ourselves a break. We're wearing whatever we want. We're not dressing for our size. We're wearing things that are comfortable and feel good. We're choosing fabrics that feel good on our bodies, that we feel good when we're wearing them. And for, like I said, at the gym, for some people, that means playing into social norms and fashion rules. And for others like myself, I'm just wearing what's comfortable. And y'all are going to take what I put on. You know what I mean? I'm the stinky guy at the gym who's having the best time in the world, you know? Um, we're also taking shortcuts. We're doing 60 or 70% max. If there's an easier, shorter, quicker way to do something, yep, we're doing it. If delivery is simpler, deliver. Someone else can do it, cool. If we can finish it on Monday, that's what's happening. You know what I mean? We're not rushing, panicking. We're not grinding anymore. We're, we're, there's no valor in burning out, right? Working crazy long hours. No, we're setting boundaries. We're done at a certain time. We got other stuff to do. Our life has other things in store for us. So shortcuts, we're, we're taking shortcuts, we're taking breaks, you know what I mean? We're not, we're not grinding anymore. It's okay if the house isn't as tidy or as clean as it normally is. It's okay if we wanna use paper plates. You know, it's okay if we're wearing the same couple things. I right now probably have a wardrobe of five pieces that I keep using in, in rotation because that's comfortable and easy to me. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to like do a lot of laundry, iron a lot, put looks together. I'm not trying to be worrying about a lot of dishes. My place isn't necessarily as clean as it normally is. But that's making me feel peace. I'm letting go, you know? I'm, I'm, I'm stepping into a brave new world, right? I'm not getting hung up on all that. I'm also just trying to kind of go with the flow. And that's also meant, you know, look, I care about my sleep. I, I'm, I'm always going on and on about how important that is. But I'm also giving myself a break and I'm realizing it's okay if I'm staying up a little later. It's okay if I'm sleeping in. It's okay if sometimes it's the opposite. I mean, that's also been what's interesting is sometimes it's like, I'm getting tons of sleep and that's awesome. Other times I'm getting a lot less and that's just kind of feeling like where I'm at. I'm not getting hung up or stressed about those things. Remember, we're, we're right sizing. If it's a level three, we're gonna give it a level three, maybe a level two kind of response. Like we can drop it down for the sake of our mental health, sake of our nervous system, sake of those around us, sake of our immune functioning, sake of our blood pressure, um, heart health, right? It's all in there. But we're doing that for others. Remember, like we're always considering how we impact others. So we're affording that kind of flexibility to those around us, realizing we're in a freaking pandemic. We're watching people get murdered on television. We can't just go about life as business as usual. 
right? So take time, take time off, take time, take downtime, build in as much breaks as possible. I'm going to exhaust you all. I'm going to exhaust you all with referencing self-care and rest and pleasure until it's so burned in our brains that we're all nailing it, you know? All right, we're going to take a little break. When we come back, we'll be doing those DMs. You're listening to Loveline. Dr. Chris on the new Channel Q and on Odyssey. All right, we're back. Now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. Tonight's question says, hey, Dr. Chris, my name is Amanda. I found out that my girlfriend was cheating on me. We broke up without really talking about it. Ah, fit of anger and rage and disappointment, right? Part of me wants to know why. The other part of me wants to forget our relationship ever happened. Is closure a real thing? Do people actually need it? Oh man, the the easy, more, you know, what do you call it? Just kind of casual answer is, no, closure is not a real thing and most people won't ever get it. Because closure, closure in theory depends upon the other person being willing and available to intimately transparently sharing with you what it is that happened for them. Few people are able willing, able or willing to do that. And uh, closure would then imply that if they're willing to do that, that that then becomes meaningful to you, that it's meaningful to you, that you relate to it, that it's clear, that you understand, and that it resolves something. And often it doesn't. If you were given that, which you rarely will be, uh, like a post-dating interview, right? Um, you might walk away not agreeing or feeling enraged, thereby keeping it open and still in in motion. Um, it's a it's a myth that that we can sit this person down after the event, process what happened, and walk away with it making sense and giving us peace. That's a very odd thing. I've actually never really seen that ever happen. Most people get upset and they just cut and run, and that's that. And it's sad because we work our way into a relationship. We should also work our way back out. And that's why some people remain friends. They value parts of them. I think that that's a really beautiful, great thing. But oftentimes we get hurt, we get upset, we cut them out, we roll on and that's that. But you don't need them to, to participate in healing and closure. What you really need to be focusing on is not why they did something to you because that's about them and you don't need to understand them better. You're not even with them anymore. They're not in your life anymore. So you don't need to better understand them and that's all that would come from that. You don't need to better understand them or what you would need to do to, to continue to be with them. The takeaway for you should be, who were you as a partner during that relationship? Who do you want to be again? And what parts of yourself do you not want to be again? That's all you need to be worrying about. That's where your closure comes from. You saying, let me dive into what kind of partner I was, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And let me look at what my strengths and assets were. Well, let me look at the parts of myself that I want to bring back into a new relationship with the next person. That is where you get closure. Also, what are the parts of myself where I'm, where I'm not proud, where I have shame, where I have guilt, where I was horrible as a partner? Let me be aware of not doing that again because there are, there are elements of that, right? What, and then this is the difficult part. I'm not victim blaming, but you better believe part of processing cheating is what might have I done as a partner that helped create a relationship that didn't have enough meaning or value to them, possibly, that made them feel willing to injure it. Is there anything you contributed? Like that is what a healthy adult does. That's where closure comes from. And then you you are better in your next relationship. Because again, the, the success of a relationship is not the length of time it lasted. It's the quality of relationship and what kind of partner you were. Look back and decide, was I a good partner? Was I not? And what do I need to know? How do I learn from that about who I am as a partner? That is where closure comes from. 
this person is not someone you're with anymore. So you don't need to better understand them or, or how to move forward in your relationship. Cause that's, that's, that would be meaningful if you wanted to move forward is to understand why they did it, what that was about, what you need to know, and then sharing with them what you need to feel safe and to trust and move forward. But that's not on the table. And so that's not really a relevant perspective. So we kind of leave that behind. So you don't need closure. I don't really know anyone who's ever really truly gotten it. And to really get what people want from closure really requires a lot of mental health maturity and emotional intelligence from the other person, which rarely they don't have or aren't willing to give. Because sometimes it's hurtful for them to say, I wasn't attracted to you, or I never loved you, or whatever it was. And it's like, that doesn't give you closure, and you learn nothing from that. Or them saying, I'm just a horrible person. Like, wh what do you do with that? You know? But I appreciate that when something's done to us, it's confusing and it's unclear. But the work is, again, like I said, really about looking, the work is really about you looking back at the relationship and learning about yourself. That is meaningful. That is relatable. And take time to do that. It can be really hard to really face ourselves and to be honest with ourselves in that way. But that's what you should do with that. I advise that for everyone. You know, whenever any relationship ends, even if it was ended lovingly and beautifully, use it as a time to learn about yourself. All right, y'all, coming up tomorrow, on tomorrow's show, we're going to be talking about ways to give a necessary apology and to take accountability and uh, how to work on getting the kind of sex you want from the relationships you're in. Tips for all of us. And as always, the DMs are open. So if you got a DM for us, drop it in our Loveland IG page in the DMs. Thanks for hanging out, y'all. Spend the rest of the night focused on self-care. Tons of uh, pleasure and uh, as much rest as possible. Thanks for hanging out, y'all. Have a good rest of your night.